My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. What got you here won't take you there. New Year's resolutions don't work. There, I said it. I'm glad. We need to wake up. According to Newsweek, December 24, 2012 article by Oliver Berkman, 89% of Americans set resolutions. Only 49% are successful in achieving them six months later. Resolutions. They don't work. It's a trap. It's called fresh startism. This time it'll be different. Rubbish. It's a wish. I ask people every day, what's your number one goal for this year? When they tell me, it's usually a vague wish like make more money or get in shape. 90% of the time, it's not specific. It's in their head and not on paper. There's a big difference between a wish and a goal. The holiday season is a great time of year to reflect upon the past year and the new year coming. Here's some questions to ponder. Number one, what's the biggest lesson this past year? Number two, this next year I intend to. Number three, I'm most happy when. Four, I find the most meaning in. Number five, what skill do I need to develop and master this next year? In five years, I'll achieve, I love to, this next year I need to start, and finally, this next year I need to stop. What did you do to get here in 2019? Are you 20 pounds overweight? Did you not hit your sales goals? Because here's the thing. What got you here won't take you there. What do you need to start doing that you didn't do in 2019? And what do you need to stop doing in 2020? Jerry Seinfeld, early in his comedy career, determined he needed to write jokes every day to be successful in the long term. He adopted a simple process goal method. Each day he wrote new material. He put a big red X on a wall calendar on the days he wrote new jokes. The only goal for me was to not break the chain of X's, he said later. It's a mechanical and non-intimidating target that demands two things, persistence and discipline. Want to lose 20 pounds in 2020 and keep it off? Start walking every day, 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, whatever's comfortable. Start eating smaller portions of the right kind of food. Whatever the waiter brings you, cut it in half. What your husband or wife puts on the table, Put half of it in a Tupperware dish. You don't need to join a gym. Just walk. Fall on the floor and do a few push-ups. As many as you can. How did you do? Seven? Great. Next week, do eight. The week after that, do nine. Forget resolutions. Set written and important goals instead. The what leads to the why, and then the how much by when. Here's an example. I feel great at 188. I'm proud of my 34-inch waist. By July 4th, 
2020. I love to work out six days a week, every week. Now that's a goal. You see, it's measurable progress in reasonable time. It's also written with what I call the four P's, personal, positive, powerful, and present tense. What can you do? What will you do? Keep it simple. Walk. Eat right, the right kinds of foods in small portions. The palm of your hand is one meal. And persist. Do it every day, first thing in the morning. Track your progress. Get an accountability partner. Read everything you can find on wellness and nutrition. Make a decision and stick with it. I lost 50 pounds and 10 inches off my waist in an 18-month period. And I kept it off. You can too. Hey, I even wrote a book about it called Freedom from Fat. You can order your copy on Amazon or on my website. Nike was right. Just do it. You'll be glad you did. I know I am. There's no better feeling than drilling a hole in your belt or having someone you haven't seen for a while tell you, wow, you look great. You only need one really good reason to motivate you. Future grandkids? Check. Proving someone wrong? Check. A high school reunion? Check. As long as it's your reason. Here to there. Start and stop. Simple, not easy. Join Weight Watchers. Go to Overeaters Anonymous. Join a gym. And oh yes, once again, find that accountability partner. Someone to work out with. You see, the goal is to not break the chain of X's. Thanks, Jerry. Earl. One of my first goal mentors was Earl Nightingale. You probably never heard of him. He died in 1989. He was and still is one of my mentors. He was a pioneer in the field of nonfiction audio recording. He recorded a record entitled The Strangest Secret in the World in 1954. I've listened to it probably 50 times. I own it on audible.com and I have the transcript. It can, if you let it, change your life. Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame is purported to have listened to it 500 times. Here's an excerpt submitted for your approval. I want you to write on a 3x5 card what it is you want more than anything else. It may be more money. Perhaps you'd like to double your income or make a specific amount of money. It may be a beautiful home or success at your job. It may be a particular position in life. It could be a more harmonious family. Each of us wants something. Write down on your card specifically what it is you want and make sure it's a single goal and clearly defined. You needn't show it to anyone, but carry it with you so you can look at it several times a day. Think about it in a cheerful, relaxed, positive way each morning when you get up and immediately have something to work for, something to get out of bed for, something to live for. Look at it every chance you get during the day and just before going to bed at night. And as you look at it, remember, you must become what you think about. And since you're thinking about your goal, you'll realize that soon it'll be yours. In fact, it's really yours the moment you write it down and begin to think about it. Look at all the abundance around you as you go about your daily business. You have as much right to this abundance as any living creature. It's yours for the asking. You see, first we work on goals and they work on us. And the Old Testament says, without a vision, the people perish. This isn't new information. It's old. In fact, look up Matthew 7-7 in the New Testament sometime. 
Mr. Nightingale goes on to say, the moment you decide on the goal to work toward, you're immediately a successful person. You're in that rare and successful category of people who know where they're going. Out of every 100 people, you belong to the top five. Don't concern yourself too much with how you're going to achieve your goal. Leave that completely to a power greater than yourself. All you need to do is know where you're going. The answers will come of their own accord. You see, in my opinion, goals add years to our lives and life to our years. It gives our life meaning and purpose. 68% of American men in this country are dead within 18 to 24 months of retirement. Why is that? Well, I have some theories. Number one, women eat better than we do. They exercise regularly. They talk about real things. But the fourth reason, and maybe the most important, once we retire, we have nothing to look forward to. You see, men derive from their work meaning. Evidently, women have other things to give their life meaning, like grandchildren, friends, travel, and so on. One of my favorite stories was also a favorite of the late President John F. Kennedy. It goes like this. A wise old farmer asked his 14-year-old grandson to help him with a long-overdue project to remove the boards from a six-foot-high fence that needed repair one Saturday morning. He laid out exactly what he wanted done and why it was so important, as any good leader would. The how was up to his grandson. He checked back on him an hour later, only to find the young man standing there wearing his favorite cowboy hat, staring at the imposing task. Not a single board had been removed. What's wrong, Johnny? the grandfather asked. Looking down at his cowboy boots in shame, he replied, Well, this fence is so high, and it's going to take a lot of work and time for me to get all the boards down. I'm having a hard time getting started, tipping his favorite hat back on his young head in frustration. With that, the farmer grabbed his grandson's cowboy hat and threw it over the fence. Hey, why did you do that? That's my favorite hat. Johnny, as I told your father when he was your age, in order to get your hat back, you're going to have to take down a few boards. And once you get going, you might find you want to take down a few more. And at that point, you may decide to stop for the day, and that's okay, because you can come back tomorrow, throw your hat over the fence, and take down a few more boards. Eventually, before you know it, the job is done. Hmm. You see, wanting is not enough. We need to take action. All of us need something to look forward to. Goals give us just that. In her extraordinary book, Grit, Angela Duckworth describes Warren Buffett's simple three-step goal achievement process. Number one, write down at least 25 career goals in your journal. Two, circle the five highest priority goals. And three, take a good hard look at the other 20 you did not circle. These you avoid at all costs. They take your eye away from the goals that matter. He goes on to say, any successful person has to decide what to do in part by deciding what not to do. You need one internal compass. The Golden Cardinal. I was walking through the brand new state-of-the-art student center at the University of Louisville preparing to deliver a team-building seminar for the women's crew team. The head of facilities asked me if I needed anything, and I entered her office and was introduced to two students, a young man and a young woman. I smiled, shook hands, and then did a double-take. Kelsey Worrell? How was Rio? You see, this young lady had just returned from the Olympics where her 4x10 medley relay team had won the gold medal. Kelsey Worrell, a four-time NCAA champion and Honda Cup award winner, 
is the first Louisville Cardinal to win a swimming medal of any color. In short, she's a golden cardinal. I congratulated her on her success and asked her if she wouldn't mind answering some questions from the women's crew team for about 10 or 15 minutes. She graciously agreed to. I introduced her to the women's crew team. I lobbed a couple of easy questions to get her started, and from there the questions from the audience flowed like Niagara Falls. It was a wonderful 20 minutes. She's so humble and kind. Here are some of the highlights. Teamwork. She was quick to point out how great her teammates were and that any success was the team's success. It's the window in the mirror principle. When it comes time to assume the credit, you look out the window and give it away to your team. When it comes time to place the blame, you look in the mirror. Journaling. She said she was proud to report she kept a journal all 36 days in Rio. It helped her capture the wins and understand the setbacks. You see, she placed ninth in the solo race. But it also provided her with objectivity, perspective, and recall. Intention. She set very specific short and long-term goals for herself. She visualized achieving those goals every day for years. She celebrated her wins to give her confidence and analyzed her temporary setbacks to gather up the lessons they provided. She was very focused. She possessed a burning desire to succeed. Hard work. Sacrifice. Reps. Discipline. It meant giving up things that most women her age enjoy and take for granted. You see, it's really delayed gratification. It was time in the pool every day, competing against the best in the country. She said, you just have to put in the time every day, one day at a time. You have to earn it, she said with a smile. Measure. Where performance is measured, performance improves. She knew exactly how many kicks per pool length were required. By measuring her progress, she was able to improve the little things that cut her time down. Gratitude. She shared that she knew it was a privilege to be in the Olympics and also that it wasn't going to last forever. All this is temporary, she said, so it's important to enjoy the journey. Soak it all in. She was genuinely thankful for the opportunity to compete at the highest level against the greatest athletes in the world. Faith. She's very spiritual and gave credit to her mother for infusing the faith in God to push through setbacks, frustrations, and injuries. She's so sincere and genuine, smiling constantly, yet with a large measure of humility and grace. It's clear she has an incredibly bright future ahead of her, and I told her as much. In fact, what I said was, your future's so bright it burns my eyes. I thanked her for making the time, and the extraordinary women's crew team were pleasantly surprised by her impromptu Q&A. It added so much to our time together. It was also a wonderful reinforcement of the principles I'd been sharing with the team. Almost like an echo. The difference was the words and the principles were coming from a golden cardinal. In my seminars, I hand out three by five cards and ask the audience to list five goals. I call the exercise, Gimme Five. Now it's your turn. What are your five top goals for 2020? Might not be a bad idea to write them down. The Good Doctor. Theodore Geisel was born in 1904 to a well-to-do German immigrant family in Springfield, Massachusetts. He attended Dartmouth College and was the editor-in-chief of 
humor magazine, The Jack-O-Lantern. He was fired from that job for having a drinking party, which was against the law during the Prohibition and, of course, school policy. So he continued to contribute under the pseudonym Dr. Seuss. The first children's book he wrote and illustrated was rejected 27 times. But see, he didn't quit. His persistence paid off. Every June, one of the most popular gifts for high school and college grads from their parents is Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You'll Go. Here's a delightful excerpt. Congratulations, today's the day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. You have brains in your head and feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the guy who'll decide where to go. Jim Rohn said, Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Where will you go in 2020? The Evolution of Mastery in Any Field One of my favorite movies is Moneyball. It's based on Michael Lewis's best-selling book of the same name. I recently, and finally, read the book, and I couldn't put it down. And you see, I'm not a baseball guy. But it's the story of one of one's man's vision of creating a successful baseball team in a small market, Oakland. How did one of the poorest teams in baseball win so many games? Moneyball is a quest for something as elusive as the Holy Grail, something that money apparently can't buy. The secret of success in baseball, it turns out, in case you haven't seen the film or read the book, is the number one goal, getting on base. When you're watching professional baseball this time of year on television or on your iPhone, what is it you're really witnessing? Mastery. What is mastery exactly? Webster's defined it as comprehensive knowledge or skill in a subject or accomplishment. Synonyms, proficiency, ability, capability. Explaining his success in music, Seattle musician Macklemore, Ben Haggerty, quotes Malcolm Gladwell's concept of 10,000 hours or 10 years, whichever comes first. In his song, 10,000 Hours, he sings, This is my world. This is my arena. The TV told me something different, but I didn't believe it. I stand here in front of you today all because of an idea. I could be who I wanted if I could see my potential and know I'm going to be him. He goes on to sing, See, I observed Escher. I love Basquiat. I watched Keith Haring. You see, I studied art. The greats were great because at birth they could paint. The greats were great because they painted a lot. 10,000 hours. Mastery is a process. It has very specific steps. I've poured myself into writing and speaking since 1992. If you'll indulge me, I'll walk you through the steps to mastery one at a time, submitted for your approval. 1. Make a decision. What follows is interest and assimilation. If you do whatever it is you're passionate about for free, you're on the right path. You see, I believe all meaningful and lasting change starts first on the inside and works its way out. My hero and mentor, Teddy Roosevelt, said, In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing, and the worst thing you can do is nothing. The beginning of change and accomplishment comes only after a decision. 2. Imitation and Mimicry When we first start out, we find role models to imitate. Van Morrison, one of my favorite musicians and songwriters, he's a poet and a philosopher. He's a gifted songwriter, singer, producer, and maybe the most vilified. 
By all accounts, he's not a particularly nice guy away from the stage, but he first started writing songs and poems in the early 60s at age 13. He listened to and inspired to be like John Lee Hooker, Jackie Wilson, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, Bob Dylan, and Lonnie Donegan. He worked hard to copy their style. He read extensively the classic poets and philosophers in an effort to form his style and rhythm. He, in turn, influenced Bruce Springsteen, Elvis Costello, Bono, and Tom Petty. 3. Innovation and Creation Time and Tide Learning and innovation go hand in hand. The arrogance of success is to think that what you did yesterday will be sufficient for tomorrow. Ask any A-list comedian about the price they paid for their mastery. They'll tell you about hundreds or thousands of late-night gigs to a half a dozen drunk people at 1 a.m. Watch the documentary Comedian by Jerry Seinfeld. The price of leadership is loneliness. It's making the time to think. George Bernard Shaw wrote, I've become rich and famous by thinking a couple of times a week. A key ingredient in innovation is the ability to challenge authority and break the rules. Ask Lenny Bruce or George Carlin. 4. Risk and Reward A leap of faith requires courage in being willing to fail forward. It's doing the things that frighten you. It's nerve, pluck, boldness, grit, audacity, daring, valor. Someone once said, success is not final and failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. There it is, the courage to continue. Steve Jobs delivered a keynote address to Stanford grads, and he said, Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. 5. Finding your true voice. Finding your true voice in your own style comes in time after thousands of hours of practice, trial and error. Daniel Coyle, in his seminal book, The Talent Code, calls it deep practice. Two, three hours a day. Finding your voice means writing, practicing, thinking, creating, innovating, and of course, hard work. It means getting out of your comfort zone. Style and rhythm come after you put in the time. Keep what works, toss what doesn't. Feedback is vital. John Legend, the wildly successful singer-songwriter, said, A hit song has two qualities. It's personal and universal. Because once you find your true voice, those two things happen as a matter of course. 6. Success and Confidence It really is true, success breeds success. It's a virtuous ascent. The more you succeed, the easier things become. It's knowing you're good and wearing it well. Nothing is more endearing than a successful artist who is humble. And nothing is more annoying than an arrogant businessman or woman. Hubris is defined as excessive pride, conceit, and self-importance. Pele, the soccer icon, said, Success is no accident. It's hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you're doing or learning to do. 7. Mentoring and Coaching Others It's sharing what you know once you've attained that mastery. Whether you give it away or charge for it, there's something ennobling about coaching. It lends a greater dignity or nobility of character to our efforts. Morgan Wooten, the legendary high school basketball coach from 1956 to 2002, he coached at DeMatha High School in Hyattsville, Maryland. He has the second most wins as a head coach in the history of basketball on any level. He once said, that's the beauty of coaching. 
You get to touch lives. You get to make a difference. You get to do things for people who will never pay you back. And they say, you've never had a perfect day until you've done something for someone who can never pay you back. Now that I've read Moneyball, I need to go back and rewatch the movie. It's two of the 10,000 hours I need to invest to achieve my mastery. How about you? What's the number one quality or skill you need to adopt if you're going to be successful in business, sports, music, school, or life? Perhaps the most famous quote about persistence comes from Calvin Coolidge. Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Webster defines persistence as firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. I was never a natural athlete. I was cut from my 8th grade basketball team. I couldn't jump. I wasn't quick. And I was never ripped or buff. I simply showed up early, stayed late, and outworked every other guy who was all of those things. And I kept at it. Basketball was the first thing that really lit my fire. It was my magnificent obsession. I took the disciplines that allowed me to earn a college basketball scholarship and applied them to my current position of writing and speaking. Beginning in 1992, I began studying, researching, and observing and analyzing the causes of success. Why did some people succeed and others failed? Why do peak performers succeed and those others don't? In 93, I read Charles Garfield's book, Peak Performance, and the door of insight swung open. He coined the term anthropomaximology. You see, it's the study of the upper limits of human potential. And since then, I've taken complex subjects, studied them, came up with three things you need to master in each category. I coached basketball for 15 years, and we focused on defense, free throws, and rebounds. In leadership, is where's the bus going, who's on the bus, and are they in the right seat on the bus? If you're in sales, it's activity, attitude, and a choice of yeses. In customer service, it's under-promise and over-deliver, go the extra mile, and embrace an attitude of gratitude. Do you remember Colin Powell? He said, success is the result of perfection, hard work, learning from failure, loyalty, and persistence. A writing mentor of mine, Dan Pointer, once said, printed books usually outlive bookstores and the publishers who bought them out. They sit around demanding nothing for decades. That's one of the nicest qualities, their brute persistence. Who's the most persistent person you know? Take them to lunch, pick up the tab, and ask them, why are you so successful? What are the causes of your success? Chances are one of the causes will be, wait for it, persistence. There's a famous story about Winston Churchill, who near the end of his distinguished career was asked to return and speak at his old school, Harrow. As a boy, he almost slunked out. The great day finally arrived, and after the school's fanfare and acclamation, Sir Winston stood to his feet, acknowledged the introduction, and gave the following address on October 29, 1941. Here's what he said. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, give and accept the convictions of honor and good sense. Calvin Coolidge was right. It's all about persistence. Thanks, Cal. What's your vision for 2020? Write it down on a 3x5 card. Say it out loud 10, 20, 50 times a day. List your reasons, your whys. 
The how will come. It has to. Repetition, emotion, and time. The juice is worth the squeeze. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.